0: clutching a scar l with an akm strapped to my back with frags around me decorating my fanciest outfits my friends and i were running out of the blue zone try to get into the safe zone and killing people on the way we were listening at death creed and were looking for an airdrop to find better guns and be the only team left in the game and ultimately win a chicken dinner we were playing a mobile shooting game called pubg And in the midst of doing all this, we're having a discussion and the discussion ranged from light topics of how are you, how was your day, have you had dinner to more serious topics like what do you want to be in future, how is your plan plan for life going through deeper conversations like what was your first sexual experience? How was it? Did you like it? And this last question brought about some answers I wasn't ready to deal with. Not for myself. But I wasn't ready to deal with the answers my friends were giving me. I wasn't ready to start diving dive deep and just start looking at how awful the answers were. Because... I was the only girl in a team of four, hence the remaining three guys answered my questions in a way that made me just step back and just take a deep breath before I just talked because you see, of the four, of the three of them, they all answered in a similar, in a somewhat similar fashion that they were their first sexual experience was real with older, grown-ass adults. I mean, people that were, that could vote, people that had, that could have driver's license, people that could drink, people that could literally drink in this country, people that are under the law stated as adults. You see, these kids, because one of my friends said he was five years old, five fucking years old, he was in nursery too, when he performed this first sexual act. To a woman that was his neighbor do you know how horrible and and um and destabilizing this is it's just that a child of five years old was performing sexual acts on a woman and what made me what made my feelings compound was the fact that these three stories that I was hearing, that fateful night, wasn't the first time I was hearing something like this. It's just, it wasn't an isolated incident. It wasn't like this was new very to me. It wasn't new, very, it wasn't new to me. I've heard about stories like this. It wasn't even the first time. That was it the second. That it wasn't even the third or the fourth time I was hearing about grown-ass female adults taking advantage of male children. See, female fedophiles have become a phantom. You get me? They have become something that we know that they are there. We know that they are female fellow but we do not want to talk about them. We, 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 the society, because as I said before, we are the society, me, you, her, them, she, they, we all are the society. We are the people that make norms, we are people that make our activities norms, and from norms, we make them traditions, from tradition, we make them our culture. And the pure pleasure from dead people that we call tradition so These dead people were once us to So typically we are the society and the values that we've passed down has made it to the that a man has to be a man. And we made men so, we put them on this kind of pedestal that they must be strong. Or right from the time of occurring, he has to be strong. We're forgetting that before... A child becomes a man. It has to be a child first. We are not offering the same protection we are giving to the girl child. We are not offering to the boy child. You see, the boy child is expected to just play football and just, and just be a boy. Just do boy things. We are not giving them that same care that we give to a female child. That same overbearing protectiveness that we give to a female child. We totally neglected, like, to give it to a boy child, and this is what has empowered female phallos. You see, female female have become a menace. <laughs> these people, this I do not even want to call them people. I do not even want to call them animals. I do not. These creatures, these these creatures, have become so emboldened that they do not see anything wrong in what they do. They do not see what they are doing as assault of children. You you may be saying assault like, is assault not so, is it not so grave a term to just call what these people are doing? You see, let me define, let me define what childhood, what child, what child molestation is, what child abuse is, what child, what child sexual assault is. You see, simply put, when an older person or an adult uses a child in ease or our own for ease or our own sexual gratification. Let me take that again. When an older person or an adult uses a child in ease or our own sexual gratification, it is sexual assault of a child. You see, if you are looking at the child when the child is buffing and is turning you on and you're using the child's body as a form of sexual gratification for yourself you are sexually abusing the child can you hear me like do you understand what i'm saying see it's it's includes but it's not even limited to all forms of rape like if you are putting any part of your body into any orifice of the child if you're putting your hand inside their mouth, that's in a way that it is meant to be sexually gratification in a way that is sexually that that is sexual in nature you're abusing the child is start fondling the genitals of a child see i am not even coping either am i pulling stories out of my flat ass i am not but i heard of a story whereby an aunt let's just call them aunt. you know people in the nigerian society people that are not really family, but they're family in somewhat of a way that you just could not understand we just called all of them aunts so this person that kind of an aunt she came over to stay at the family's house and the family had a child a baby let's just call him let's not even give him a name let's just make the faceless angel let's just leave in faceless and nameless so she came to stay with the faceless and nameless baby's parent and the faceless and nameless baby was around one year old. This uh, demon was caught performing fellatio. coitus, was caught, caught giving a one year old nameless, faceless baby or else he was putting his, his his penis in her mouth. It's how this person's collegial granules, law, it cannot be the size of a granite, it's like. Tiny, white, what the fuck is actually attractive about a child's child's penis? If it's not that they are doing you. And funny enough, everything was hush-hush. She was sent out of the house and that was the last we heard about about that story. Funny thing is that the child then asked his mom that when his aunt's coming back, she was supposed to come and play with his ping-ping and give him sweets do you can you just think about the amount of time she must have done it to the child for the child to associate a sexual act with the gifts it brings like imagine she does this to him she's she gives him sweets so she, the child that associated the sexual act that she was performing with him, he has associated it with the reward of sweets. You see, these fidophiles they they how will I put it they end the trust of the child, then violate it, then violate that trust by abusing that child. Because as a child, you are the world is your oyster, the world is your playground, you, you literally trust everybody especially family so these people are literally family and they come into your life and they and you give them your trust and they abuse it and you you cannot just you cannot just understand why everybody is in the opera about what they did because to you it's fun it may be fun but you may not even like the act itself but the reward that they are going to give you sweet, or just, just that feeling of a reward after an act is enough to make you want to do it again and again, even if you like it or you don't. You see, this feed of they, they, they how they bring the child in, they bring the child closer by from this kind of sort of a bond that this is a secret between me and you. Don't tell your mom, man. if you tell your mom, I'll beat you. If you keep it a secret, I'll buy you, sweet. There's like this risk, risk-reward kind of thing. Like, if you do this, I'll punish you. But if you do this, I'll reward you. And as a child, this is what every child is. This is what every child is trained to accept. You see, when you do good in school, your parents probably buy something for you. Or you finish your you finish your food, they'll give you dessert. So the dessert is what is making you eat your food. It's not that you actually want to eat it. Well, dessert and food may even be fanciers. If you finish your food, your mom will give you meat or fish. But if you do not finish your food, you don't do give you meat or fish. So the act of eating is just Doing it because we want to eat the fish, so that's how the sexual acts that these people give do to children. Yeah, when they do it to each other and like, just take it, just take it. Then you get sweet after. You may be thinking, okay, we've heard about, we've heard about a lot about female, um, sexual assault, but why are we not hearing about men? Why are we not hearing about men? Well, it's quite, it's quite simple. You see, the society has made male sexual assault not really reported because one, they are guys, they are guys. That's really like a reason. The society has put guys on the person's stool, as I said. You see, consciously or unconsciously, women are regarded as weaker sex, and they are perceived to be more at a disadvantage than the male. And I'm more likely to be prone to sexual assault more than the male. I mean this is a whole lot of bullshit, but this is one of the reasons why male sexual assaults are't as reported as female ones, and another reason is that there's this fragility of the male ego that makes them think that oh you've been robbed of yourself, you've been robbed of what makes you a man, and this fragile masculinity also goes for that to just really bring down the um really bring down the male it makes them not want to report oh shit this happened to me so these are the things that make male sexual male child sexual not really reported like from a child from childhood and when they when they grow up so moving on what makes this abuse more profound for some victims of Child sexual abuse. It is not as profound as others. Some will just take it as nah, normal things. One of those things that happen. It's one of those rites of passage. And for others, it is quite more profound. For others, it is something that it's away at them. It is something that actually defines who they are. And for those that are more profound, there are things that make this abuse more profound for them. There are some things that make this abuse more than just a passing rite of more than just a right of passage. So I'm going to list quite a, quite a few things that may make this abuse seem more profound. One of the things that I noticed is that the younger a child at the onset of the abuse, the worse the long effect is on that child. For a child that has been sexually abused right from he when he was a child. Like a very little child and he grew up with that abuse he grew up thinking that this abuse is normal he grew up thinking it is his fault that is abused like it is other children who were not abused but only him was abused and if it was not that he was the way he was he wouldn't have been abused right from that stage you see from that early on stage that that child has been abused till he grows up He's going to look back and realize that he didn't have a childhood. His childhood has been stolen from him by this person that was abusing him. So everything that made childhood fun for him, the abuse is going to erase those, those memories. So all he would have of his childhood is just that abuse. Another thing is, the abuse would be worse for a person... If the abuser is a close relative, Tori, Talofa, you, The your abuser, the person that did this kind of thing to you, is like an aunt, a neighbor, somebody that is supposed to be giving you comfort, somebody that is supposed to be your safe space. Then you realize, if I can't trust this close relative, who then can I trust? Who then would, who then would, give me a sense of self who then will make me trust in other people who then will make me have faith in humanity for others if violence was involved if these women actually pinned you down forced you or beat you or use or just in any way or form made a violent a part of a part of your sexual abuse i don't think that abuse would just be seen as a normal rite of passage, as a normal thing. This video file will literally destroy that child. We literally destroy that person. Another thing is, if the abuser involved this kind of emotional emulation of the child, that oh, kill kill him, What is what is doing you? using words that make the child question his or her own self making it seem like it is your fault if you didn't do this to me i wouldn't be doing this to you it is your fault for doing this is your just emulating the child and making the child feel like it is their fault for the adults doing what they are doing to them because if they didn't do some and so and so things then the adults wouldn't have done so so and, so and so things to them so this kind of thing makes it all the more all the more profound for the abuse. For the victim. You see. Another thing is. For a child that was abused. If he comes from a broken home. And all these things are just compounded. And there's nobody he can vent to. There's nobody he can just talk to. This abuse would just be more profound. Because first off. The two institutions. The two people that are supposed to be the base of his entire life they are supposed to be the foundation for everything that he's going to build on it is torn apart if the center can no longer hold then everything will fall apart there's nothing to hold what he's been it's like building a castle in the air his foundation has just been broken and he has been abused what then is left for him what then is left for this child so it is all the more Deliberating for a person to have gone through all these things and will just say, Now, nah, she be just forget her. Now, nah. she do not happen, Titi. It has happened in the past. And now, woman, you're supposed to enjoy her. Nah. And all these things happen to this person. We're just like passing it off. And just now, nah, woman, just forget her. Just forget her. You're not supposed to do it like that. You're not supposed, you're supposed to do it like that. To not make anybody, to not let anybody make you up. Make your story less than it is. Male childhood sexual abuse is as profound as a female sexual abuse. It's, as, it's a sexual abuse. There's really no need for us to just, for us to just sugarcoat it or just start ascribing other labels to it. This is what it is. Sexual abuse is sexual abuse. There's no, there's no reducing it or there's no making it less than it is. You see, the effects that this sexual abuse has on men when they grow up, when they finally realize that, okay, they've grown up, this is sometimes, this is overwhelming feeling of rage, like, they struggle to suppress this rage, rage at themselves, rage at their parents, rage at the abusers rage at the world at large. And sometimes you just see these men, sometimes they're just angry at the world and you just be like, shilei, alaye but then there's no how to express it. And then they'll express and be like, ah, no be woman do unto you. Alaye, forget her. So this rage that they do not even know where to direct it at is often more it's more often than not directed at where it's not supposed to be directed at. And as such they, they tend to just use this rage at inappropriate times and it often in the end becomes kind of it becomes like um becomes their at least it becomes their downfall so instead of them challenging this rage into more profitable things into like gym or stuff most of them because the the way they channel this their this their rage they're channeling at the wrong places and most of the time that's where you see people them robbing them fighting themselves. This is not like I'm justifying robbery I'm justifying it. I'm just saying that sometimes this is what it is. Sometimes this this is and um, this is this this is the monster we need. This is the monster that we created. You see, there's this fear that grown men have victims of childhood sexual abuse there's this fear they have and this fear is like their most frequent their most frequent emotion like what if somebody finds out that fear that if somebody finds out what if somebody finds out what if i am seen what if i am not what i am what if I, I, i am less because of what happened to me what if i cannot just What if I'm afraid? The fear that they are not who they are. That fear is just just most often it clouds their old judgment. It clouds who they are. It is now... The fear is like the number one emotion that they feel after anger. You see, it is fear. Their fear translates then they channel their fear into anger. Then the anger becomes... It just overwhelms everything. The fear that they are not who they say they are. The fact that if somebody finds out and and they use it against them. or oh, this fear is just the most fatal emotion that they feel. And there's this feeling of alienation, isolation, and like disassociation from their peers. You see, when they are mates are like talking about. Um, you see, when we're small, I nah indo me with we'll a chore. When we're small, they we'll play tentative for outside. When we're small, attire we'll tired, they we'll use play. You get. And then they remember that. <laughs> when i was small i was under a a, a woman and a fat old woman all i could remember was a jiggly fish just humping over me it's like so this feeling that they cannot just relate so they find stories to to use as a means of covering up who they are so there's this but then in their heart there's this feeling of isolation that oh shit, <laughs> i never had a childhood I am, I am, I am alone. Like you can't understand what I went through. It is not. There's no how I can explain to you, what I went through. Another, another effect of childhood, childhood sexual abuse is the loss of childhood. I mean, when your mates were playing, then they, then they were doing things of childhood. You were. You were, for me, or somebody was doing horrible things to you. Someone was, someone was doing this. So, you, you do not have that luxury of childhood. You do not have that, that innocence. Your innocence has been stripped away by a woman who was just using you to scratch and itch. That's basically it. So, you... Do not have that childhood. You become more mature than your age. And when you become more mature than your age, what is there left for like your childhood? Because even if you remember the good times, the the bad times, the the, the, the fear, the everything just overwhelms it. And you're like, what is left? kiloku. And more often than not, there's this problem that some of them have with their sexuality. Some some men when they grow the victims of child sexual abuse they become hypersexual you see sex has sex now the sex now becomes a way of just venting a way of just that's like all they know they've been doing this from childhood so the sex is now. it is no longer something that's enjoyable for them it's just something that they they want to do to just erase what they've had and sometimes i okay i read a lot and one genre that really interests me is erotica and bdsm is one thing that i read about because i'm very curious and ever since i stumbled upon it i've read smooth i've read books that just makes me think like, is this actually what this is about ever since 50 shades of gray the craze of 50 shades of gray came out so i started researching into it and Sometimes the most smooth books, smooth books are books that are just for the wow factor. And the, see, every time a BDSM, a dom, a dominant, he he has to have he has to have been abused or something, and that's what makes him wants to abuse other people to like get sexual gratification. that's what makes him that's what makes him uh, aroused because if he doesn't abuse, if he doesn't um, inflict pain or something on that person, he cannot get into that stage. It's like a form of them being a dumb. It's like a form of like a form of superiority. Like they have, they've grown above what they are. But then, the further research is like, behavior <laughs> is for everybody. But, that's not the point. The point here is that As horrible and as smutty as those books were, I came to realize that sometimes, that's true. Like, people use their sexuality to cover up for their shortcomings. Like, the victim, when he grows up, he uses sex as a means of forgetting what happened to him. And there are those that... If they were abused by, by a male, if male on male sexual abuse, they start to question that: Am I really straight? For those of them that grew up straight, am I really straight? Or inside me, am I gay? Is there something about me that makes me gay? That makes this man sexually attracted to me? Is it? Is that something? Am I really gay? Or am I? Am I really straight? Or am I gay? That's when the problem of sexuality, of the start questioning their sexuality is there. Like, what am I? What am I? is like the question. They, they've lost their sense of self. The sense of sexual identity has now become a jumbled mess. So this is one of the effects of that, that childhood sexual abuse has on male victims. And to cap it up, if these effects were not even enough, there's this overwhelming sense of depression. And I, I can't talk about enough about depression. Depression, men get depressed too. And sometimes, people with the biggest smile are like the most depressed. People with the brightest smiles are the most depressed ones. And we do not do anything about it because... how How does one go about saying this kind of thing? In a society that has put men on the pedestal that you're not supposed to be weak, you're supposed to be strong. How do we reconcile this sense of weakness to what you ought to be. So, all these are uh, effects of... a uh, effect that childhood sexual abuse has on male victims. And the question now is, now that we've known all this, how can we help if, if I was sexually abused as a child? And um, I really do not want to tell anybody about it. And... Even if I tell people what would they do for me, and I'll not be therapist now. Even therapists gone, what would they what would they follow talk? They never do anything for me. I feel like it's just basically three steps. The first thing is to install hope in the victim. Like there's nothing that happened to you was your fault. And there's no need for you to feel helpless. You see. Hope and helplessness are and not mutually exclusive in this term. Sometimes it's okay to feel helpless that like, okay you were helpless when you were when you were, you were hopeless and helpless when you were little and I that's why this person had this power over you. But now you're a big strong strapping man. There's nobody that can have that over you. You have to have hope that believe in yourself and have hope that no matter what happens, you've got this. Another thing to do is Find a sense of self. Who are you? Would you let your abuse define who you are? Is your abuse going to be the first thing a person would see when they see you? Find yourself. Develop a sense of self for yourself. I am this person. I am a strong person. If it's for you to put it on your wall and like wake up to it every day and repeat it like a mantra. That this is who I am and this is who I am going to be. I'm no longer going to be the slave of what happened to me. I'm no longer going to be shackled by what happened to me. Install a sense of self in yourself. And the last thing is, when you install a, self, a sense of self, find personal meaning. Like, find a sense of closure that, okay, this has happened, it has happened. And move forward. It is not even easy to move forward because sometimes victims of sexual abuse are afraid of having relationships because... What if I have a relationship now and, and, and I become a father? How 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 will I reconcile it? How will I protect my child? How will I do this? How will I do? These are questions you should ask yourself. And find this personal meaning that, okay, this is this. At the end of the day, I am this person, I am going to do this. Just be affirmative about life and just be hopeful, as hopeless as everything seems. Just be hopeful and look forward to the future optimistically. I know this advice may seem so very cliché and and out of date, but really, there's a reason cliché are clichés. There's a reason that they work. There's a reason that people say them over and over that they're becoming cliché. They actually work. I am not a therapist. Neither am I. Neither am I even a health professional. I'm just a law student that has a WAP. <laughs> not that one, although I do have that one, but then... I have a wasted academic potential because I'm at home. I'm not doing anything. So I put all my time in researching this just to help people and just form a sense of discussion, like a sense of openness that there are these people out here that have been victims of this and we should just try to help and just be there for them. So thank you so very much for listening. Bye-bye.